Welcome everybody to the Swanomy Podcast. I'm your host, Kylie Adams. This is episode 158 of our show. I'm joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the Gold Goal 13 of the Spawnomy crew, Cicero Bartholomew. I'll shoot you through two buildings, Holmes. <laughs> I am the professional. Gold Goal 13. Yo, hot NES game, underrated NES game, even doper. Uh, early 90s anime. Uh, y'all youngins, go look it up. <laughs> y'all heathens, y'all know what's up. And everybody <laughs> else, you need to find out. I don't even know if you can find it anymore. But no, it's got to be on. It's, it's got to be, be on somewhere. Somewhere. Right? Sure, it's online on somewhere. Somebody. Or Vimeo or something. Someone right. has gotten that one uh, VHS to, to CD recorder yeah. and didn't figure out that we don't use CDs anymore. Right. <laughs> Yo, Vimeo, Vimeo sounds like the most bootleg of all bootleg places. Like Vimeo sounds like you you got the remember when you used to be able to get the bootleg, you got the bootleg cassettes mm-hmm. and it was like the clear plastic tapes and the the printing on the um on the tape for the songs would be sideways <laughs> and yes. like the the letters would have have fallen off yep. and yep. The, and the like the case was clearly photocopied yeah. yep. and like somebody colored in the lines that's what vimeo seems like to me yeah, or or like the case it looks real but the back is just white like, like, oh like yes well they were all white right did you ever get a bootleg where they had like actual linings in there yeah, like I later though. Oh, I I did yeah. later, but that copy of like Illmatic I had. Nope. Oh <laughs> damn! I'm sorry, nah. I'm sorry, man. Right. I remember oh. I got as a Christmas present. I got um, the Cactus album. Okay. It was the Cactus oh, wow. cassette. Third, third base. Wow. Third base. Third base uh, debut debut album. And yeah, that's exactly what it was, man. Like the joint was sideways. It sounded mad. <laughs> Noisy. There was crazy yo. hissing. the The songs were rearranged. It was like, yo, how do you even do that? It's funny. It's funny she talked about Illmatic because I like my Illmatic story is like, where were you when you bought Illmatic? I, there was this one neighborhood record shop that this old woman used to used to run, and she was always drunk. And it was me and my boy Gerard. We would go in there because he, he he had like he was the only cat I knew who had twelves. Mm. So we would go and go get records. So we went to the spot. And she would always try to solicit us for sex. Hmm. And I was what? like, yeah, she was like, you want that record over there? Come here. And I was like, no, wow. we're running away. Wow. <laughs> what? She used to always solicit us for sex. She was yeah. like, she's like, I'll take you young boys and show you how things are done. And I was like, ew. Wow. Okay. Are you was, sure this was, was a record store? Right. I mean, <laughs> there were records in it. Unless unless you unless you had some whole other boudoir That's in the what back. I'm saying. Hey, that joint was a front. It was a front. She was she was spinning she was spinning other stuff in the back. I don't even want to know. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was yeah, my Illmatic story. Yeah, my Illmatic story is Illmatic was the very first album I bought from a uh, uh, I bought that was from a dude uh, from Queens. What? Yeah. Wait, oh, you just didn't meet people from Queens at all? No, 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 no. Not like I didn't buy it from a guy that lived in Queens. I'm saying it was the first album, oh, the I first bought rapper from that, Queens. That, that, yeah, that was an artist oh. from Queens. No LL, no Run no DMC. L, no Run, God, no Run DMC. Wow. I mean, I listened to it, 
but I never bought them. Man. Damn. Yeah, that Bronx Queens beat. That's that Bronx Queens beat. Yeah, I was about to say that is real. I could understand Brooklyn, but not Queens. Goddamn. Anyway. Anyway. We are also joined by man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes gaming looks good, who makes space look good, who makes math look good, who makes a thing, a thing. If you're from <laughs> BX, a thing look good. Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir? I got to register a thing looks good.com. You should. I, 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 I got to do that, John. I, I might need some help with the spelling, uh, but you know. Uh, I might have Up to do that. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah, I'm seven R's, yo. Yeah, I'm I'm doing good, man. Um, my I don't I remember I bought Illmatic because on we went on a school trip to 125th Street uh, back when you know there were nothing but like solicitors on that street like before like when there were black people like they when there were black people on yeah, 125th yeah, exactly. Street. Exactly, right? and and that's when I bought uh, Illmatic and 36 Chambers. Um, oh, wow. you bought! Wow, you bought two of the greatest albums yeah. of all time. I'm bootleg on One Twenty Fifth Street. Bootleg. bootleg. Yeah, man. Oh my Come gosh. on, I was, I was like thirteen years old, man. Come on, uh, nobody. No excuse. <laughs> you know, I can see There's no escaping this. Reef. I can see Mini Reef like, excuse me, I would yeah. like the song with the jizzle on it. <laughs> can you give me that? And he was like, hey, kid, thirty six. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. You know, I I actually almost got beat up by the bootlegger um, because. <laughs> Because the dude, like, he kept on saying, like, it's, like, one for three and, like, a two for five. Oh, right, and I kept right. trying to negotiate, like, so that means I can get three for six or something like that. He was, like, right. two, one for three, two for five. And I kept trying <laughs> right. to, like, finagle it because I thought right. I was, like, you know, some master negotiator at 13. Um, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and, you know, our teachers were letting us do this, you know. Wow. <laughs> like, like, it was just... Amazing economics, it, quick way to teach you economics, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But but my first my first tape ever, which was bootleg, was uh, that that like I can remember at least that I bought bootleg. I think was Special Ed Youngest in Charge. Wow, because like you got a mate because Man. like everything else, like I just dubbed off people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, true. I mean, I had like the dual cassette with the high speed dubbing. You know? Oh, you had high speed dubbing. <laughs> I had high speed dubbing, yeah. man. So like, you remember, you remember when you thought you was sexy when you had auto reverse? Yeah, that, that auto reverse was premium. Ooh, yo, this joint come with auto reverse. Yeah, I never have to flip a tape ever again. That joint was premium. <laughs> there's so many people who are listening to this show that have no clue what that is, <laughs> and then there's a whole bunch right. that absolutely do. I right, love right, that are wilding right now. They're like, yo, I have auto reverse anyway. Yeah. Anyway, going backwards. In time, uh, we'll talk about last week's show with had Chris Manning on it, LD2K. And again, we got a lot of love this week from a lot of different folks who, one, were mad at our top our top three <laughs> uh, predictions or, or, or I guess our, 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 you know, our not predictions. What, what word am I looking for? Um, like top three players. Top three players. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's your, your choices. Choices, thank you. That's oh. I couldn't think of choices. I just okay. got off work. All right. Um, yeah, so people were really mad at that. And Paris Lily, who comes out of nowhere like Atheon <laughs> in real life <laughs> and just is like pooping on people's he's like, A D ain't no top five player. A D ain't no top five what? person in the NBA. Right. He said he wasn't top three. He's not even top five. He may be six, is what yeah, he said. Yeah, that's some serious, yeah, he, serious he Anthony Davis hate. 
Like that dude's amazing. Yeah. I know. I don't, I don't understand it. When Paris has never shot a basketball in his life, he can't talk shit. Mm, wow. Uh oh. Take take that to the court. E three. What you gonna wow. do? Wow. Show you this post up game. Hey yo, pa- yo, Paris. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I don't got nothing to do with it. I mean, that dude is yo. in the gym daily. Like that dude will, will like back you down. I didn't. I didn't. It, I didn't say I wanted to have a, a, a bench a, a bench press. <laughs> right. <laughs> I said I wanted to have a basketball game. When you brolic, you can't shoot no ball. Right. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, look at Anthony Mason. Um, That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yo, uh, shout out to uh, Joe Arroyo, who is uh, at Joe Arroyo on uh, on Twitter, who said his number two guy behind LeBron James is Kawhi Leonard. Um, th- talk about brave, brave proclamations. It's like I said before, that, man. Kawhi is nice. Yeah. He is nice. Yeah. I don't he think is. he's second, but I can see somebody thinking he's second. I think his mama, right? <laughs> like his mama, his mama like, first. even, even his she's mama like, yeah, LeBron better, LeBron better than you, baby. But you number two, oh, but you man. number two. Oh, oh God! But that being said, we got a lot of love for for last week's episode, and I think you know we got we dropped a little bit of gems. It's hard to drop gems when you know things are still a little bit early out. But right. the conversation we had with, with Chris was was definitely super dope, and it yeah. was fun to see. Folks like Mike Wang from the team give us a shout and some yeah. other folks uh, from 2K give us some love. So yeah. shout out to Chris and to everybody who listened to the show last week. This yeah. week we have some real cool stuff because, man, a lot of gems got dropped this week uh, mm-hmm. talking about our friends over at Xbox and their project Scorpio that should be coming out maybe, maybe before the end of this year. Better. Oh, no, it's it's definitely coming it better. out before the end of the year unless something catastrophic happens, right? Well, well, let us well let us know about some of the stuff that they got, that they shared. Well, um, so our uh, friends that don't know about us over at Digital Foundry uh, were exclusively invited to Redmond to take a look at the uh, what is being called Project Scorpio, um, but I personally call hashtag Subnostications the Xbox One and Infinite. Uh, that is your name. There you go. You oh, got Lord. it. Yeah, it's out there now. Got um, it. I've written it down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they got a chance to actually see and uh, get some demos uh, with the console. Uh, and I think it was in its final form. Um, they popped open the hood and, and took a look at the specs and were able to report on the specs. Now, um, all of the promos, all of the information that we've heard about Project Scorpio, uh, leading up to today has been uh, that it's the most powerful console ever built. Um, all of the anecdotal information that we've heard from developers and uh, publishers who have seen it have said uh, very, very uh, exemplary things along the lines of it's the greatest console we've ever seen, uh, the most powerful thing we've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Digital Foundry, was no different. Um, they went out and uh, they checked it out and they came away impressed, which is which is definitely saying something. Uh, they, after they sat down and said what they had to say, they reported it over to Eurogamer and Eurogamer uh, was the exclusive place on the internet to find out all the information about the Scorpio. So the 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 big takeaways from from the Scorpio is uh, they got to see a demo of Forza 
Forza Motorsport 7 or a Forza game, some type of demo. Um, that game was running in 4K at 60 frames per second. And as they were doing their uh, their measurements and clocking, they saw that there was still a lot of power under the hood to do lots of things, which is um, very, very encouraging. Uh, let's talk about some of the actual specs for those uh, geeky nerds out there that that understand what this stuff means. Um, Quinn Murphy, I'm, I'm looking directly at you. Um, so, uh, so the Xbox, um, I was about to call it Xbox One Infinite. I'll keep calling it Project Scorpio. The Project, uh, Project Scorpio, like, thing. right, yeah, exactly. Like uh, the Xbox One currently has an eight core custom x86 uh, Jaguar CPU uh, processor. But uh, the Xbox One is clocked in at 1.75 gigahertz. Uh, this, the Project Scorpio uh, c- CPU, is clocking in at 2.3 gigahertz. So you've got eight cores going at two, 2.3 gigahertz. A um, the GPU is um, 40 uh, customized compute units at um, 1.172 gigahertz. Uh, where the Xbox One is 853 megahertz and the Xbox One S is 914 megahertz. Uh, here's here's some of the stuff that people can really start to understand. Memory. The Xbox One has 8 gigs of GDR3 uh, RAM uh, memory, which is good, but not the best. Uh, if you remember at the PS4 launch, the PS4 launched with eight gigs of GD of DDR5 uh, memory, which is is a much faster uh, memory chipset, and you're allowed to you know it gives you the ability to process things a lot faster. Um, the Project Scorpio has 12 gigs of GDR5, and I believe what they're doing is eight gigs are going to be dedicated to gaming, and four gigs are going to be de- uh, dedicated to the OS and to the system. Uh, for lots of different things, um, which is definitely very encouraging. If you are a heavy Xbox One user like myself, uh, you you can see after the new update, things are a lot, uh, a little bit more snappy uh, than they were previous. But with four gigs available to the operating system to do all the different things that they're going to be able to do um, or that they would like to do. I think you're really going to see some, uh, a, a big performance upgrade. Uh, the memory bandwidth, this is what we're talking about. DDR three, DDR five um, with uh, DDR three on the Xbox one, your bandwidth was 68 gigs per second. The max was 204 gigs per second on the Xbox one. They were able to increase that performance to 219 gigs per second on the on Project Scorpio is 326 gigs per second. Uh, the console that they saw had a one terabyte hard drive. That's not to say that we that there will be a bigger or smaller one, but at least that, that seems like that's going to be the standard one. And the optical drive was a 4K UHD Ultra HD Blu-ray player, so you can play Ultra Blu-rays just like you can on the Xbox One S. Um, now the, the big question of course, is how does that compare to the, uh, PlayStation four pro? Uh, so the CPU, both are eight cores. The PS four pro is 2.1 gigahertz and the, uh, project Scorpio is 2.3 gigahertz. 
um, the GPU computes units at 1.172 gigahertz for the Project Scorpio, 911 megahertz for the uh, for the PS4 Pro, eight gigs of GDDR5 RAM for the for the PS4 Pro versus 12 gigs again for the uh, the Project Scorpio. Um, memory bandwidth. This is the big one: 218 gigabytes uh, per second for the PS4 Pro versus 326 gigs uh, gigs per second on uh, on Project Scorpio. So uh, again, if you look at if you're just looking at the stats, if you're just looking at the specs, it is clear that Project Scorpio uh, they are they are living is living up to the hype. That it is the most powerful system, but you know the devil's in the rest of those details. What else is there? You know, there we haven't heard anything else, um, guys. What what do you think about this? Are you uh, surprised by the specs? Do you think that they're these are uh, uh, you know along the lines of what you were expecting? Or were you excited by this news? Uh, uh, Kyle, I'll go to you first. Because Reef's the PC guy. Um, it, it, you know what the funny thing is? Uh, when I, I like waited, and the first thing I did when I got to work was like, all right, I know that the specs dropped from right. uh, Eurogamer and Digital Foundry. What, what, what was the thing? What was the scuttlebutt? And like seeing the numbers just on a piece of paper in a comparison, it's all like it, it feels like voodoo in some way, where it's <laughs> it just is. like, okay. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is cool. You have these particular numbers, and I know what they mean, mm-hmm. but I I'm still waiting to see this to see the thing that makes me go wow. Right. And the one part of the article that I thought was really interesting um, was when they talked about um, Forza and it running in 4K, right? Uh, 4K 60 frames per second, and them still and then and, and still having a lot of horsepower to to spare. That was encouraging, you know right. what I mean? It's, right. That was that was cool to be like, all right, in a game sense, you know. And they threw up a screenshot. Um, it looks, you know, Forza, Forza looks good anyway, but to have it at full HK, I'm sorry, 4K resolution, running at 60 frames on your on your console is going to be really cool. But again, it, it's like car games are supposed to look like that. I'm waiting to see what all those all those terms and all those all those stats mean when it comes to something that is going to be a Xbox exclusive like crackdown or something to that effect. And then I'll get excited. But currently I'm just like, you threw out a whole bunch of words and numbers that mean stuff only if you are a super, super, super nerd about stats and and hardware like that. So I'm waiting to see how that actually comes down the pipe and and things that I'm going to care about when I have a controller in my hand. Reef, what do you think? I'm happy that Microsoft has been very consistent about what this is going to be. From the start, they've been marketing it on numbers and power. Like mm-hmm. every time they've mm-hmm. talked about it, they've talked about teraflops and they've talked about the most powerful. They haven't really said words like we're making the biggest bang for your buck or value or or you know, or like anything else but power. So I'm actually happy that they led this off with numbers because I think you know, I think that they are marketing this, you know, as a premium, most powerful console on the market, um, that it's not an analog to the pro, meaning that it's a bigger jump from the one to the Scorpio than the 
than from the PS4 to the Pro. Right. Um, and I, I just think that it's logical for them to like do this. If they, if, if like this reveal was not number focused and was more focused on like, you know, on the experiences, I feel like it, it might've been a little inconsistent with the messaging that they've been doing already. Like this, I think this is a console for the, you know, tech nerds and graphic horrors that care about this shit. Um, and I think that they're banking that there's enough people like that to justify, you know, something that I believe will be at a premium price. So they don't need to necessarily sell massive amounts of like PS4, like volume, you know, to, for, for it to be a uh, financial um, success. So, so um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, I think it was the right approach. Um, you know, yes, I do wish that they showed some actual video and like that kind of stuff, but being that it's six months away, well, hopefully that, that, that is six months away. I can understand that there's not, you know, um, active, you know, you know, full out video. I can understand them keeping that close to the chest. I'm actually surprised that we got a screenshot in that Microsoft Mm -hmm. felt comfortable enough saying that, you know, here's Forza and, you know, at, and there's like this much percentage of like power left. Like, I feel like that's a gutsy thing to say because people are going to be holding them to that. And if there's any game that's not that, you know, they're going to be tripping all over themselves, you know? Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I think Microsoft was really courageous here. Like they essentially said every game will run better, you know? Right. So, you know, people like, like every Xbox one game that exists now is going to run better on, on the system. Provided, of course, that the developers make make the change to allow it to run. Well, I'm not. I'm not sure though. I'm. I'm. I. I don't I know if it's. Was... Li- I. I don't know if it's like the PS4 Pro where it has to be, where they have to specifically, or or at least I didn't get the sense from like the coverage I read. Okay. That like uh, it was like the where like you know where like the dev has to put in the PS4 Pro stuff for it to mm. to be active. They were saying that like a game will like you know have a more you know maintain it's like a frame rate better like all yes. that stuff. Now like yes. obviously the dev has to add in better lighting and all that kind of stuff to take advantage right. of that. But as far as just the mechanics of like starting times, loading times, and frame rates and all that stuff, you know, and, and all that at a you know at a higher like a resolution. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited for it. I mean, I'm you know, it's not the market for me because you know I have I have a PC and that's where I choose to invest my money for like uh, you know for like for like intense graphics. Right. Um, but I think this is dope as long as this as they're having sort of a two tiered strategy, which is saying one S for the majority, uh, but for people that really want the best. Like uh, this is like the BMW or like or like no not BMW I guess because the uh, what's expensive car damn it uh, uh, the, the Bugatti Bugatti Veyron I woke up in a Bugatti wasn't that a song <laughs> wasn't that a song <laughs> that was that was a couple a years song. ago I woke up in a new Bugatti yeah uh, I don't know who so it. wait so see see I'm curious because you were like the the resident Emerald. Right of of our career. Right, yeah. I am what what, what are Emerald you City. thinking? Of, you are the mayor of Emerald <laughs> City. What, what what are you doing in your brain right now? Hearing all this kind of stuff. Well, so I mean, there is a there's a few things that that are going on uh, for me, and I think there there are a few things that are um, the looming questions. And I think the first the first thing is that 
what what excites me is the amount of confidence that Microsoft is showing right now, Uh, because not only have they been saying they've been talking to talk for the last almost 12 months since the Project Scorpio reveal uh, at the at the the their press conference last year at E3. Uh, They said it's the most powerful gaming console ever created. Uh, and they kept saying it. They talked about six teraflops. They did all that stuff, and they, you know, ha- and have been saying that. You know, mm-hmm. that's been the the pervasive uh, rhetoric this entire time. But to go out and get the guys that are completely unbiased, um, and and you know, again, very discerning. They are, you know, but they are the be all end all when it comes to benchmarks in console gaming. And to say, you know, not only do we do we know that we have a winner on our hands when it comes to specs, but we're going to we're going to bring the guys out that we know are going to be the hardest on us Mm -hmm. and show them our thing and let them in their own words talk about what what we've got here and and that's exactly what we got today and digital foundry came back and and said it's beyond impressive so here's my question for for both of you sure. is because we we did we did delve into the numbers a lot and we talked a little bit about you know what the you know kind of outcome of that would be to the consumer a little bit we'll probably dig into that a little bit more but mm-hmm. Do you think? Because it's interesting. I'm looking at this this Forza screenshot, right? And uh, and the, honestly, the funniest thing that just popped into my head it, it was like, do you remember there was a NFL commercial? Yes, with Terrell Owens. The Terrell Owens. Yes, the Terrell Owens. Mike Vick. Yes. yes, 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 yes. That was I, the the Nike commercial. Yes. Yeah. And I'm looking at this screenshot, and it's reminiscent of that kind of fidelity to me in my head. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like? This bump in tech on the console side is going to get us to places that we've not been able to see before in 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 some of those in some of those games that we've come to know and love the Maddens, the two Ks, right. the you know stuff stuff where right you right have so, to be, yeah absolutely. stuff where you see it every year in year in and year out yeah absolutely I yeah. I mean I think so these screenshots this the I never look at these. Um, especially racing game screenshots and get impressed. Yeah. Um, You know, these are the things that, you know, they're easy to reference because everyone has a frame of reference for this stuff. Um, But we, you know, but like if we've gotten, we've gone beyond photorealistic with, 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 in terms of screenshots like so this screenshot looks amazing but i could have gotten this screenshot maybe on a 360 i definitely could have gotten this screenshot on an xbox one so i just like it it looks amazing but it doesn't look so amazing in a screenshot that it's like oh you know this is this is unbelievable but right. when you see this stuff in motion and that's yeah, why that's, that's why every xbox console launches with a racing game. That's why mm-hmm. every good console should launch with a racing game because those are showcase games. Yeah. 
those are games that show off the tech in a way that, you know, nothing else really does. You know, you, you can kind of control the environment and what's going on on the screen. And you can really just kind of pump the horse, horsepower into making things go look fast or go fast and look really uh, good and pretty. And uh, so I, I, I want to see this. I want to see the video of of this. Um, and, you know, I guess we'll we'll be able to see that at E3 this year if we're uh able lucky enough to get into the uh into the microsoft press conference again this year um, they said they're definitely but they're definitely going to show it at the press conference oh yeah yeah it'll definitely yeah. definitely be they'll show the a teaser conference. at the very least but right. yeah I'm, I'm excited i mean I, I i think this will move us to the next level like going mm. going from i mean if you think about how there's very few games now on console that hit 1080p 60 like right. it's not like that's a standard at this point that every AAA game hits, especially open world games. Don't they? They like rarely hit it, right? On on the, on the console space, at least. Like guaranteeing this for well, okay, not guarantee. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but saying that they'll be able to run a lot of games in four K four K sixty is right. a huge jump. Right. Like that I, is. I don't think is, we're realizing. Well, I don't think a right. lot of people realize. Right. Like it's easy for them to, I think, rationalize going from standard def to high def because right. not only did the resolution change, but the actual form factor of TVs changed from right. the CRTs with the big backs to right. like a flat screen. Three, so, right, so like the TVs kind of look like 4K TVs kind of look the same, but the technology on them is obviously much, much improved. Right. So you know, this is a very forward looking, um, you know, console refresh. So as more people get these, get these 4k TVs and like, this is most likely going to launch after black Friday. So there's going to be even more people with these TVs. Oh, um, you think the, the console is going to launch after black Friday? I think so. No, I no, think so. No, um, no, but, but it's, but, it's but, definitely going to launch before black. Okay, Friday. But, but, but we can, yeah. we can talk about that when we get, to yeah, that yeah, point. in a second. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's going to be more people with it. And yes, I think it will be a enormous difference for these games when you see them on those TVs mm -hmm. running at this uh, frame rate with the fidelity. Right. I think it'll be night and day. Um, and sure. they, they, they said it was VR ready, but they didn't specifically talk about the VR stuff. They've kind of walked away from They've yes. walked... So away from the VR yeah. stuff. So, right so, so I can pretty much guarantee it won't be VR in 4K, but but um, also the VR experience will, will most likely be to the fidelity that you can get on like a PC at this point with the Oculus. Mm -hmm. That's true. Or the yeah. Vive. So, so that's something else where you also get that experience, which will be amazing. So yeah, I, right. I think this will definitely take it to the next level, specifically for games like like sports games and racing mm -hmm. games and uh, shooters, which are, right. you know, the games that sell the most, right. you know? So, so do you do, so here's another question for you both. So, <clears throat> and that was, those are some great points. I think uh, the one thing I'm worried about, or not worried about, the one thing I'm curious about is we've seen people kind of move this generation. You know, a lot of Xbox folks moved over to the PlayStation brand. Right. I'm wondering with, this kind of jump in fidelity and horsepower, do we see folks jump back? And if they do, 
what are going to be the things that they are really going to be excited for. We have some idea of what may be coming down the pipeline, not a huge uh, kind of uh, notion about what's coming. But do you think that a lot of folks will jump back? It it depends, right? I mean, you know, because I mean, that's the that's the real big question is how Microsoft's going to market this product. Mm-hmm. Phil Spencer has already come out and said that this is a premium product. We understand what the premium market is um, and that we are making a premium product for the hardest of the hardcore video game home gaming console consumer. Now, price is going to matter a lot in this. Right. Now, yeah. I, I, you know, I went on record with my prediction that the uh, uh, Scorpio would be three ninety nine ninety nine at at launch. Um, but you look at these specs, and you'd say they're, you know, they're going to be operating at a at a significant loss to push this console out at four hundred dollars, um, because it is as it's as beefy as advertised. Yeah, but. You know, so, you know, they I, I really honestly, I think they have two choices. They have choice number one, which is we've we've determined what the premium market is. We think that premium home console purchases are uh, console prices, three ninety nine ninety nine. And that's what we're going to release this console at. Or we think that this is a, you know, a choice product that it, we're going to release at a boutique price. And that boutique price will be four ninety nine ninety nine. Um, you know, I doubt that it'll be more than that. Um, I would at four ninety nine at five hundred dollars. I'm day one. At three ninety nine, I'm definitely day one. Um, yeah. At four ninety nine, I'm day one. Anything above four ninety nine would. Do you would, think that they would actually do I, it though? I don't think so. What I've been talking to people online uh, on Twitter today. And people are saying, what I've been hearing is their their expectation is four ninety nine at a minimum. To me, I think it's four ninety nine at a maximum. Yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah. but around that, yeah, right. But yeah. but if you know, if they were to go beyond that, and I think that I think that at five hundred dollars, this is a hard sell. It's a very hard sell because these stats aren't sexy. These aren't things that you can put up on a bulletin board in Best Buy or, you know, in a place where people were going to be pre-ordering on Amazon, what have you. You could. You, you could, could. But you people have to, you have to You have to switch it, though. You got to make it sexy. You got to right, have right, right. Lil They're, John. Right. You got to have Lil yeah. John do a commercial right. that's called Flops, Flops, right. Flops, Flops, Flops. Right, flops. right, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. So, you, you know, you have to make that kind of stuff sexy. And that stuff, it doesn't, you can't market visuals, in that way, above and beyond what we already see, because, you know, we're limited by our own experiences. So if you don't have a 4K television, if you don't have HDR, then me showing you those things on your TV, on your display, if your display is only 1080p, then it's only right. going to look as good as your display looks. And if you don't have a frame of reference for what 4K and HDR look like. Right. Then you can't you can't appreciate the increase in fidelity. It's the same, you know, the same argument with VR. You can't you can't market VR. You can't show trailers for VR. People just have to experience it. And 4K is a thing that you have to experience. And you're not going to it's going to be incredibly difficult 
to convince people, to, to galvanize people to leave their house, to go to a big box store while they still, while they still exist and go and purchase an item for a beyond premium price, potentially at $500 with, without full knowledge of what they're able to gain as a result of having that, uh, of, of getting that stuff. The other thing that you've got to really factor in is this holiday, you know, when African-American Friday rolls around uh, this, this year and they start talking about deals and bundles and all that other stuff, the PlayStation four, which will now be a year old, will probably have a have a price drop at least temporarily yeah. during the holidays of at at least fifty bucks, right? So it'll go from three ninety nine to three forty nine, and if you're putting out your brand new console for five hundred dollars, you're going to have to explain to consumers why it's worth one hundred and fifty bucks to go and get this version of the upgraded console versus the the other version of the upgraded console and that is going to be a very very hard sell almost impossibly see i i still think that they're not obviously they want to sell as much as everything is possible but i still do not think that's their target audience i think that they're going to be marketing the xbox one s still very hard oh yeah sure and i think especially at launch they are going to get they're going to target people that know what these numbers mean and would be willing to spend I don't want to say anything but but are willing to be the ones that say I have the most powerful console you know on the block like I don't know if they're necessarily going to be as as their primary audience that they're necessarily going to be targeting people that aren't familiar with what it is or what the numbers are. I think that they still have the one S on that. Um, what can you quantify what that mean? Like what, how many of those people there are out there? Uh, on like that, uh, that, that would be that, that target audience. Uh, I think it's a small I think it's it's a it's it's a very active niche of like people that are already really enthused in the tech and gaming communities. Um so like I don't think it's a large percentage, but I think that Microsoft is banking that it's enough for them to make money on it. Like I I, I think that's why the price is gonna be high because they because it's kinda like the old Apple model where they can sell much less laptops than, than Microsoft can. Mm-hmm. But like much, much less, <laughs> and they still right. make huge profits because they're selling freaking two thousand dollar MacBooks. You know, mm-hmm. like like I I, I I I get the sense that that's why they've been mainly talking about power. That's why they're leading this off with numbers and going to a source like Digital Foundry. Um, you know, I w- I would be surprised if like they kind of say, hey, like you know, let's try to get everybody with this because then what's the point of the one S? Right. Uh, well, I mean, well, the, the, I mean, the point is the same point of the PS4 Slim, right? You know, I mean, like, here's a here's a cheaper version of the less powerful version of our console. You can still play all the games that and, you know, and that's another another yeah. point that that, you know, that's similar. You can still play all the games. But if you want to play those same games in an enhanced way, then the way you do that is you you become a pro 
and you buy the PS4 Pro at three ninety nine ninety nine. Now, um, you know, I mean, it, it's essentially going to be the same thing for Microsoft. I am very, very dubious. Like, I don't disagree with the thought the thought process that you have, Sharif, about about where they're going to position this, who they think their market is, um, or 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 just you know just the the logic behind you know thinking that way. I just think that they you know they've had missteps already yeah. in this generation. You know, severe ones. Yes, yeah, severe. Um, and and you know, I I wonder if they're willing and able to take a financial loss on a console again in order to to recoup some of that market share. So imagine, just you know, for a second, imagine if this console with these specs releases at a at a price point. Of three ninety nine. Oh, they mop up. Yeah, they mop. They mop up. Yes. If they if they come in at three ninety, if they come in at sub four hundred, right, they will mop up the market for the foreseeable future. Right, and and like, I think that's that's important, right? Like that can't be yeah. undersold. Oh yeah, I'm, I mean, I think again, it's like if you can do that, but I'm and you're willing to eat it. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure if. As a business, if they come out a hundred dollars cheaper, if they will sell that much more, oh and, yes, and yes, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. And I think they totally would. And yeah. if they're able to say, if they're able to really say, like we're the most powerful, if it's that close in cost to the pro, because I think it's a bit of a psychological thing as well um, with the choice. Oh, like there definitely is some market marketing mumbo jumbo behind that, like. It costing more, and you saying you're more powerful. Yes, right, right. Like, but I, I, I do think that if they did come in sub four hundred, that in the same way that you saw the P, like you know, right. PlayStation has been ruling the roost for right. at least the, the past couple of years. Right, this would be a quantum shift. Yes, in the way that people look at, you know, this generation, this generation, and also you know, the conversation about bringing prices down to a, at a level that has not been seen before that has the kind of performance that we've seen at mid range to, to, to low, you know, mid range PCs that that are gaming PCs. Right. Well, and that's, that's the other thing about this. And I know reef has already said he's, you know, he's not part of this boat. Um, you know, obviously play anywhere is, is, is attractive to him. Um, mm-hmm. but he's not, you know, He's not he's not sailing on a ship because he invests his money in in high quality PC. And I've heard that argument, you know, yeah, it looks great, but I'm a, a PC gamer. Da, 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 da. That's fine. And, you know, my argument again is and this is an argument that I had uh, back when we started the show about these consoles. And that is at this price, even if it's 500 bucks, you cannot build a PC that will allow you to do the things that Scorpio does at that price point. Yeah. You can, you cannot, you cannot. And, and, you know, and maybe if they do sell it at $500, maybe that's the angle that they take is, Mm -hmm. is you go after the mid to upper mid and, you know, and below PC owners and say, look, here are the components that we have. If you built a PC that had our components in it today, 
it would cost you eleven hundred dollars. Hmm. Well, let, let me hit you both with one last question before you move on. What is the and th- we gotta do, do this real quick. What is the one game that for those fence sitters do you think would be the one that would showcase the game, showcase the the console the best, and would also bring people to to to, to switch sides? I'll start off with Reef. Oh, I think it's got to be Halo. Um, really? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that's still their premium franchise. Um, I think that they still are a bit bruised over the reception of Halo 5. Um, I think that 343 has had time. You know, they, they kind of got Halo 5 out, and now they kind of have, you know, they learned from it. Um, I still think that Halo moves Xboxes, and I think that if they can deliver an incredibly looking game that, you know, has aspects of the multiplayer that I still feel like, I still feel like Halo has a feel that other multiplayer games don't have. Right. And I think that if they can deliver on something that throws back to the days of Halo one and two, um, in terms of the feel and offers these, like these like resolutions and like a frame rates and like that kind of stuff, I can see people that were originally Microsoft people going back to it. I I can yeah. see that. What do you say? What do you think, C? I think uh, Crackdown can be that game mm-hmm. if it comes out and it, and it impresses. Because right now in the landscape in video games, there is no game like Crackdown. Mm-hmm. There's no game that you can play right now that is like that video game, like that series. And if they can come out and show that series doing the things that it needs to do and, you know, destroying whole buildings and, and, you know, using all, all of the power of this console and it looks great and it plays great with a great frame rate. Um, that could be the thing where, and, and the, if the price is right with that game, that could be the thing where people are like, Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll drop 400, you know, on that mm-hmm. plus, Plus that game because that game looks really dope. Here, here's my prediction. Okay, everyone in Chicago, listen to the sound of my voice. Gather around your television sets and your headphones and your iPads and Android devices. The <laughs> game that I think that is going to be the showpiece for the Scorpio at E3. Ooh, at E3. At E3. Red Dead Redemption. No, it won't be. You know why? What? Because they've already got the Sony deal. Red they Dead, already got the Sony deal? Red Dead's already got the Sony deal. That would have been it. Because to me, I think it's oh. going to be third parties. I think third parties are going to be the thing that really convinces people to come to yeah. to, to jump ships. Because they're, they're, I mean, clearly they're this is look the, better. Right, right. This is the first time in, in, in two generations that the Xbox, the Xbox family of consoles will be the more powerful systems yeah. for the generation. Yeah, um, I, wonder, I wonder. I wonder if we'll see that that whole conversation again about the, uh, you know, the the main skew that we're right, developing on right. will be the Xbox, right? Yeah, not 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 infinite. Yeah, and and like right. I'll see, I'll, I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be surprised if it's Red Dead because I still, even with the specs, I still will have to see if they can deliver an open world 
game with the physics and all that stuff. Yeah, that's, like well, 4K that's, 60, that's what because that that's is what, tough. That's what that's what Crackdown is. You know, th- that's, I mean, that's, we, that's we, the game. That's another conversation for tough. another day about that's, like if if this technology then changes the open world landscape right. in a way that we didn't yeah. think about before. Yeah, that, that is a, that is another question. But you know the game that you know what the game is that's going to be at E3 that they're going to show that's going to be the game. What? Shadow of War. I mean, it's already been announced. It's the uh, fir- very first game confirmed for for yeah for Project Scorpio. Um, and if you've played Shadow of Mordor, or as uh, Kyle likes to call it, Shadow or Mordor, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you've played it on the PS4 Pro, it looks absolutely phenomenal. It looks incredible. One of the the best looking games on the console outside of horizon outside of uncharted um and that i think i think uh, shadow shadow of war shadow or war will uh will <laughs> really be will really be dope i agree with you oh man but so that was that was nuts that, uh, we have so many more things to talk about in terms of uh, project scorpio and xbox in the months to come again hopefully We'll be able to get up with these folks at E3 and talk to them about all the things that are going to be dropping. So everybody at Microsoft that listens to the show, hook us up. Let us know. Let us get into some of them closed doors meetings. We want to see all this cool stuff and get some hands on with it. Holla at your boys. Holla at your boys. Um, Until then, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to get our faculties together. We're going to see how much money we have in our bank account so that we can start saving up. Uh, and we'll be right back after this. Hey, Bricago, this is Kali speaking. One quick thing that we want to do is shout out some folks who are doing some great work. Uh, the folks over at Open Source Bridge are having a conference. Uh, and we're going to let our friend Sarah, who is a listener and fan of the show, give you a little bit of information about it. Take it away, Sarah. Hi, uh, I'm Sarah, and I'm helping organize Open Source Bridge, an annual community conference in its ninth year in Portland, Oregon. OSB hosts over 500 developers, hardware hackers, and community organizers. We have five tracks this year, activism, culture, hacks, practice, and theory. For any and all of those tracks, we are interested in people like you who would like to speak about open source tools for game development. The deadline for submissions is April 9th. Go to opensourcebridge.org and click on the Submit a Talk button. OSB will be held this year on June 20th to June 23rd at the Elliott Center in downtown Portland, Oregon. You can reach us at info at opensourcebridge.org. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 158 of the Spawn of Me podcast. We just blew out a major conversation about Project Scorpio and all the gigaflops and megabits that you have in your body and in your console upcoming and hopefully a Best Buy or not GameStop near you soon. (laughs) Um, One of the games that you can already purchase uh, and get your hands on and play is Persona 5. Uh, But it sounds like the folks over at Atlas are putting the kibosh on some of the folks who want to stream their game. Reef, you want to jump into that story for us today? Yeah. So um, Persona 5, you know, very, very, um, very, very uh, big game that a lot of people have been looking forward to in the States. Um, you know, it's it's like a game that's like huge in Japan, um, but like also huge here. Um, it's something that I actually considered actually looking into as well, um, especially after the success of like Yakuza 0, like another very, very Japanese game. 
Um, and uh, Atlas essentially said, yo, don't spoil our game. Um, and they like <laughs> issued a, a uh, statement on his website that like uh, basically says, you know, we don't want this t- to um, be spoiled. And they basically said that streams are like uh, uploads must not reference specific plot points or story spoilers. And like the game has like, you know, a, a, um, a calendar themed kind of thing, how they keep track of like a time and they give you a specific day and say anything after a game time of July 7th cannot be shared. Wow. You know, and they say that like anything that you do share can't be longer than 90 minutes. Um, can't show any boss battles. Um, and also they disabled the share button on the PS4. <laughs> so like they're being really, really hardcore about this. But the weird thing is, I mean, the game has been out in Japan. So there's already, you know, millions of videos and blogs and spoilers and like all that stuff. But like uh, it's in Japanese. Yeah, yeah, it's in Japanese. <laughs> but, you, you know, but but um, Atlas is like basically saying that they've come to this, you know, based on, you know, what they've seen with like other games. And um, interestingly enough, they also said for Puyo Puyo Tetris, which is coming out for the PS4 and the Switch, that they have a similar kind of thing where we're like there's not a cutoff, but they're saying, you know, don't spoil the game now they did confirm that this isn't true for the north american version of the game but 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 like for some regions they are setting this um so um i know that like people have gotten these things for other games that like they review where like the developer kind of makes a request but i feel like these are kind of like rules and like they said if you don't follow these we will take your stuff down like like uh, we will make a claim to youtube or like to whatever site and you know, get your stuff actually taken down for violating the the uh, code of the streets. The law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> I, I am the law. Um, yeah. So, so I uh, see. What's like your opinion on um, Atlas here? Do you think that like they're within their rights to um, do this? Do you think that it's the right move for them, or or not? Well, I mean, time will tell if it's the right move for them. They're well within their right to do whatever the hell they want. I mean, it's their property. Um, and, and so they can, you know, by rights, like this is, this is a lesson learned for everyone. When you purchase a game for 60 bucks, you're not actually purchasing the game. You're purchasing a license to use the game. Uh, you don't actually own it, even if you have a physical disc. Uh, so if the company that actually makes it, that actually does own it decides that you can't stream it a certain way, then I guess you can't stream it a certain way. And you know what? Right, right. What are you, you know, what are you going to do now? You know, the flip side of that, of course, is that, that Twitch is not some niche thing anymore where it's just a, you know, a few fringe people that are streaming video games. And, you know, this is a way that people consume not only games, but media like this is some people's pastimes is watching people stream. Now, it may be that people love watching Persona. Now, this, you know, Persona, the Persona series is a great dating uh, video game series and Japanese RPG. Shout out to Gita Jackson. 
um, who I know loves loves the series and all sorts of really weird Japanese games because she's weird. Love you, Gita. Um, but like if you if you're taking this stuff away and people stop streaming your stuff, the popularity of your of your games may may go down as a result. Um, you, you know, you don't necessarily want bad press. Right. Um, you don't want people looking at your stuff and saying, oh, it is dope, but, you know, your your rules are draconian, so I'm not going to get the game because, you know, your rules are draconian. And, you know, on the other side, the other side of that is I'm hearing great. I'm hearing superb things about Persona 5, and right. it is a game that I would I think that I would love to at least see what's going on and I probably can you know up until July 7th uh within the game but I don't have I just don't have the time to invest the 40 or 100 hours uh that people are investing in completing a game like Persona so I would much rather sit and watch somebody else do it for 30 minutes or two hours or what have you than going and playing the game myself. So they're taking that away from me. Yeah. I I mean, this like really kind of reminds me a little bit about, you know, when uh, Nintendo was issuing content claims when people were Mm -hmm. streaming Mm -hmm. their games and it was like, yo, like we're giving you press, you know? So like, while while obviously, as you said, see is within their rights to do it. You know, is it really is that the battle that they want to fight against their super fans? Right. You know, um, yeah. So, so like it was like really weird. So, like, Kyle, what's what's like your opinion on this, man? I mean, I think that this is again. It's like you know, what is the line that companies feel that they have to put down to to protect you know the work that they did? You know, it takes a really long time for people to produce a game, and you know especially things that are really story he- story heavy uh, you don't want those things to kind of just be out there waiting for people to to spoil and to kind of share ahead of time and also like not share ahead of time in this particular sense but kind of take the take the experience away from other people cuz you know other people will on one hand say i don't want my game spoiled but they'll also be the ones watching stream right, that's the right. thing so it's like it's like you have those folks who are in that space too where it's like, well, yeah, you know, I didn't want to look at this thing, but I had to find out. I had to look. See, and you don't really have to look. Oh, God. That's that, what drives that's me. The, so, yep. Sorry, go ahead. Finish. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's what drives me crazy about this is because I feel like this policy is so outdated because it would be like, you know, if Walking Dead comes out, and like AMC says, hey, don't issue any podcasts about this episode <laughs> for like three right. days so that people right. can like catch up. Like the world that we live in now, as soon as something happens, there will be a podcast about it. It'll right, be all right. over Twitter. Right. There'll be this like you kind of have to be OK with spoilers every once in a while to be yep. sane, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And then these kind of things aren't even things that are thrown in your face. Like, it's not like there'll be New York right. Times headlines spoiling right. the beginning of <laughs> Persona 5. Of, uh, Persona 5, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like going to be on stuff that you have to seek out yourself right. and right. do it. And I feel right. like I, you know, they can do whatever they want with their property. But I think it shows right. a really, you know, just like with uh, Nintendo a couple of years ago, it shows a real misunderstanding of 
the culture that we live in right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say to the, the flip side to, to play uh, devil's advocate on that. Um, if you remember that dragon cancer um, mm-hmm. and, and the devs on that game appreciated the fact that people were streaming and, and appreciating the fact that they were sharing that story uh, with, with their viewers and, you know, and, and the emotional impact was resonated beyond the screen, you know, beyond the computer screen or whatever the, the, you know, content pushing device was that you, that you had. Um, But the thing was more people watched the game than actually bought the game. Right. And that negatively affected them. Um, Now, obviously Atlas is a bigger, you know, they're not a huge developer, but they're a bigger developer and they don't have to, worry about it the same way that the guys over at uh, that dragon cancer do but i understand you know i understand the 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 the, like the the same kind of thought process behind it you know the behind what the devs were saying like hey you know you guys stop watching someone play the game and just play the game yourselves we need the money Right, Um, right, right you know and 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 these guys are atlas is saying the same thing like Instead of watching someone play the game, buy the game. If you really think the game is great, go out and buy the game. Because we spent a lot of time and energy, kind of like what you were saying, Kyle. We spent a lot of time and energy making this game, and right. and you know, and you know, we don't we do this because we're passionate about it. But we don't do this out of the goodness of our hearts. We do right. need to be compensated. We, you know, we want to continue to make these games, and the only way we can continue to make these games is if people continue to buy them. And not right. just watch them. So yeah, I mean that's always going to be the it, the interesting part of that is when it comes to games like you know that Dragon Cancer or you know smaller games. Right. It is definitely in the kind of betterment that people just buy the stuff. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see when you have multi multinational corporations like Nintendo be so stingy about you know, what they want to, to, to share and what they'll let people share when for them, it's specifically even more of a love fest right. from their fans to right. to the company and to the games that they make. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, folks, if you're out there playing Persona, you know, tell me all the spoilers because I'm not going to play it. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to watch. That's not because I don't want I'm to. Watching that's video just on me. It. <laughs> It's not because I don't want to. It's just I feel like I have not been in the persona culture, right? So I don't I don't have the I don't I don't, I don't have the inside jokes and I don't have the. This the apparently stuff to go along is the it. game to play. Yeah. If oh, you've really? never played a persona it's like game, Yakuza Zero. Right. Oh, really? Right. right. Yeah. This is the game to play if you haven't played a persona game. Interesting. Um, the barrier to entry to this game is very very low. Um, that being said. This is we're we're just into April and this is the fifth hundred hour game that has been released <laughs> this know. year. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Like yeah. I've like I went straight from Horizon, which I could have which I could have run through into Mass Effect. Right. While still playing Paragon. Right. And also Disc Jam. Mm-hmm. And everything. I started right. playing everything, which is kind of, this is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't be cool, but it is. 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Jeff Kanata, if you're listening to this episode, I, I got to give you props because that game is really, um, it is profound in a lot of ways that I did not expect it to be profound, mm-hmm. and that is that is very cool. Yeah, um, yeah. and I'll, I'll talk about that on a on a later show. Sure. But yeah, it's gonna be fun to see what they do with this uh, and kind of see if they continue to co- kind of go down this route. I hope they don't because it's like again, people love your stuff. Let them let them stream it. Right. Like let them let them enjoy it and let other people spoil it for themselves. Like like <laughs> like they like they have been doing. Um, talking about Mass Effect, uh, there was a really interesting article put out on Polygon from Ben Kuchera. Ben Kuchera has been in the hot seat a lot in the past couple months. <laughs> He has been he has been like uh, on the voice where he he hears like somebody turn around and he just like hits his button. He's like, I got an answer for that. I got I got something to say about that contestant. Um, Reef, I know I know that you've been playing lots of Mass Effect and you may have some thoughts about this, uh, but kind of dig into to what Ben is talking about. Yeah, dude. So I'm about 55 hours into Mass Effect. Um, and I love the game, but I do realize it has a lot, a lot of problems as i've talked about on the previous shows and you've seen probably in previous you know um articles and that kind of stuff um but ben wrote this article you know talking about how mass effect feels like an early access game um Mm. now if you're not familiar with early access games they're games that developers make and they release um intentionally unfinished um you know like you can usually get them at daisy what I said, think Daisy. Oh yeah, sorry, I thought. Okay, you talking about Jay Z? <laughs> yeah, I was like, right, what? right, right. Yeah, Hove. right. Joe Camel. Right. Hove, Hove. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So like, they release him <laughs> intentionally unfinished, and they basically say, "Help us finish the game." So they get community feedback, and they're like constantly patching the game, and then eventually the game will be actually well, sometimes not released because they realize it's so bad that they cancel it. Um, right. But but in general. That's the idea, right? So for Mass Effect, people have been having a lot of issues with the facial animations and all that stuff. But they've also been having like really fundamental issues with how some of the quest lines work, with the fact that like uh, some of the uh, male romance options didn't seem to be working well. Um, the fact that like some objectives would just disappear from the map and you literally couldn't proceed in the game. Um, the fact that like during conversations, like if you had a conversation with three people and your second person was like way off the screen, like you couldn't hear them, just like, (laughs) just like things that things that if they had one final QA, I feel like they would have caught. Um, so, so, you know, they, so, so they issued a patch that supposedly covers a lot of this. But a lot of people are like, this isn't just a simple, like, we're going to fix the animations and stuff patch. It seems to be a lot more fundamental with how the game is structured. And it makes it feel like that the game shipped too early and that didn't have that final layer of polish that you'd expect from a AAA, you know, $60 game in 2017, you know. Um, So, um, you know, so there's always talk about, you know, should a game be delayed until it's better or like should it come out um i think a great example is zelda it was delayed several several times people were mad and then the game comes out and gets these like rave reviews mm-hmm. and like that doesn't always happen sometimes the game is delayed delayed and delayed like the last guardian and then right. and then comes out and is like oh okay great um <laughs> so like it's not like a guarantee but um you know if you've played mass effect do you feel like it is in that state where you feel like it should have 
you know, maybe spent some some like time to bake? And do you think that by delaying games, you kind of get into this, um, you know, kind of situation where you could spend forever perfecting something? Like, when do you actually like like a like a release? Like, a, like, how does a dev know when it's good enough? When people right. are bound to find something wrong with it, because you know, because nobody's perfect. Um, so, uh, Ka, I know that you've played a little bit of Mass Effect. So, what's what's your thoughts on on it? Well, I mean, it's interesting, right? Where it's going to be, you know, in my head. I never think. I I never think that developers put out bad product on purpose. Like, I've I've just met too many developers over the four years that we've been doing this from every layer of the the spectrum and see how passionate they are and know how much time and effort, energy, money, and all that stuff they put into making a game that I just don't feel like it's fair to be like, well, this game was early access in some form or fashion. Like it feels like it's that you can say a game is broken. You can say a game feels unfinished. You can say a game is, you know, not well thought out, but to like diminish it into this level of, uh, of game systems that we already know specifically say they are not finished feels disrespectful to the people who are doing it even if you don't like it and even if it's broken and even if it's um not what you expected or and, and or wanted mm-hmm. I, you know you could say you know a lot of people had that conversation when uh no man's sky came out right. where you know it was all this scuttlebutt about just like the, the developers don't care and all sort of stuff and i'm like i've never met a dev who didn't care about their work right. this is a reflection right. of them right. so so and and I also find it interesting that this article came out like a couple of days, maybe afterward that they talked about specifically dropping a patch today. You know, we're recording on Thursday uh, that was supposed to help it, you know, fix some of the issues that were already in the game. And I'm like, well, it's not like they're not trying to make things better. You know, I think every game that is a triple A game at this point is maybe a little bit rushed horizon for what it, for, for whatever it's worth feels like the most complete game that I've played in a very long time that didn't feel, you know, have issues or jank in it that were, that was like overly, you know, egregious, but that game took a really long time to come out. Right. You know, like it wasn't like a really short game that came out. And so it was Mass Effect. And it was was delayed. And it was delayed And Mass Effect, you know, with the open endedness to it, you're going to have jank in it. So, I don't know. It, I, I like Ben's work. I just think this was it was a stretch. Like I think that he he didn't he was excited, didn't get what he wanted, and then he wrote this out of anger. This doesn't feel like a, an article that was that was like really thought out well <laughs> in that way. It didn't feel like it put the the developers' uh, 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 kind of work ethic uh, into into the equation, and I think that that was a little bit sad because I don't I, I usually like Ben's work, and this just felt. A little bit trolly. Okay. Mm. All right. See, see, mm. what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on it, man? Uh, you look, the, the games, games are, uh, it, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do to actually make a game. Um, but you know, when it comes to mass effect, when, when it comes to bigger games and you come to these triple a games that are coming from huge franchises, they, the amount of ingredients that you're going to use to cook this shepherd's pie 
whatever you know whatever it is whatever Terrible, the food is the Terrible, yeah thank uh, yeah Terrible. analogy yes uh, um, <laughs> but but you know whatever it is that you you know whatever it is you're going to cook it's you know you're going to throw more ingredients in it you're throwing more ingredients and so it needs more time to cook the problem is that if you tell everybody that dinner is at 7:30 and it's 7:25 you know do you pull do you pull whatever it is out of the oven when you know you just put it in there it's at 6 6:30 like is, this is it's, also really this bad is also yeah this really is, yeah yeah hey look i'm you know <laughs> it's what i got it's what i got all right just just rock with me if you pluck a turkey at 230 <laughs> Feel the feathers at seven fifteen. Does it mean that the but, sun is still right. hot? Well, so I mean, all, all, all that to say, yeah, I'm getting old, man. I'm getting my old man moments on. Um, oh, all that, all that to say that I think, I do think that the game was rushed. I do think the game was rushed in order for EA to promise that the game came out in FY sixteen, and um, or FY seventeen, FY sixteen, um. So and and you know so it made the fiscal year it made the end of the quarter it made it out of the fourth quarter and they and they I think they felt like all right look as long as the game is 95% done we can fix the 5% in patches and updates and all that other stuff and it's it's going to the problem with doing that kind of stuff is that you wind up negatively impacting your most ardent fans, like your your the the most fanatical of your fans, your biggest fans. Those are the guys that that wait in line. They're sitting there. They're anticipating uh, something being released. They're gonna play it day one. They you know they're gonna uh, call out of work and and just try and consume as much of your product as they possibly can. And if the product is not great. Like I, I just watched the video uh, earlier this week where uh, the writer was having a conversation with a character and the character was sitting on a couch and the character started melting into the couch. So first she was first she was leaning with her elbow on the couch and you could see her like you could see the elbow start to slide or whatever. And then they cut back to Ryder and then they cut back to her and she's further into the couch. <laughs> and then they, you know, then they cut back to Ryder and then they cut back to her and her leg is sticking up in the oh, air and the rest man. of her body is gone. Then they cut back to Ryder and cut back to her and she's talking. Right. Like it's supposed to be a close up. So the camera's close up to where her face would be if she was still sitting in the couch. But her fucking ass is, has melted through <laughs> the entire couch. Yeah. So, like, you know, I mean, those are those things where it's like they're hilarious, but kind of embarrassing at the same time because they break. You know, you spend this this time in this game building your character and getting immersed in the story and, and, and really becoming engrossed in what you're doing. And then you have moments like this that completely pull you out of it. And it's hilarious, but also sad. Um, you know, so like there is, there is the, the business of making video games, um, well, it's the business of making video games versus the business of selling video games. And and that's where we're having a problem right now. And I think that's what Ben was trying to articulate in this very special way. 
um, is the problem with Mass Effect. Andromeda. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree that the way that this article went about it was very trollish. But I do think that Mass Effect should have been delayed. I think that you. I think things that you don't delay for are like if you can't get the frame rate frame rate quite right, right? Or if there's some texture pop in that that's like technical. That's like we got the fundamental game down, but there's still some technical issues that we can't quite get. I feel like that stuff is fine. Almost every game has that kind of stuff, and that's the stuff that they patch in later. Um, but I think that the things that I've seen go wrong and the things that I've seen other people wrong are so fundamental to the way that the game works that like the game feels like it didn't have that final layer of polish. And I do agree that it is probably from the publisher. It is probably EA like, y'all got, y'all got to get this shit out. Like we could patch it later, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Ship it. I don't think Bioware was like that. Like I agree, Kyle, that. No dev wants to ship something that they don't think is great, you know. Right. But I, right, right. But after playing fifty hours of this game, I just do not believe that they played the final copy of this and said, "Yo, this is our best shit right now. <laughs> Let's drop it, yeah. and people are going to be amazed." Like, there's too many things from like five minutes in. Like, it's not right. even like stuff that starts to pop up middle game or whatever. Like, consistently, like you know, these conversations are screwed up like consistently, you know? Yeah. And while it's not quite as bad as like Jesus Bynum, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you know, like it's not quite I love that Je- kind I love of, Jesus Bynum. Exactly. It's, it's like not like that where like, all right, let's cancel the damn franchise. Basically. Right, right. <laughs> um, I do think that the, I, I, I do think that the, that the um, problems with the game are fundamental enough that, you know, it would have made a. It would have been a. Let's delay this at the final hour, and get it right, and then launch and get you know, hopefully you know, um, better uh, a a better buzz on it. Now, what they could have been thinking from a business side is, look, man, we got the pre-orders in already. You know, what I'm saying people already bought this shit. It's not like if it rates bad that that like people are gonna cancel their pre-orders. So let's just like like our like a release it, deal with the bullshit. Like we'll probably make the same money anyway from the pre-orders. You know, that's kind of my cynical uh, uh, <laughs> been been in corporate for 15 years mind. Kind of thinks that that might have been a little bit of the thinking. Um, you know, but I can say as a user, as like a player, like especially after playing extremely polished games like Horizon and Zelda and Resident Evil, like this game just it just doesn't feel like it's it's it 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 doesn't I wouldn't quite call it early access, but I can say it doesn't feel done. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean we'll see we'll see again, like we've seen, you know, no Man's Sky have a have a resurgence a little bit, right? And bring in some really great content to the division. Game. Division did as well. They rebounded really well. Yeah. Um, let's see if Mass Effect can do the same. I do. I do think though that you will with the glut of games that we have that are so good right now. I do think that you may lose people by not making those adjustments really quickly. And we'll see if that actually does come into play. If people will just give up on it, or if they do feel like they lost out on a lot of time 
and then get the patches that they that they wanted to and if they go back into it and if the story is worth going back into in that way so. well the first major patch is already out and the game's only been out for two weeks right so you know right. i i think you know i think that uh as a society we've we've lost patience definitely agreed um, on that yeah agreed on um that. and uh you know, I mean, these are these are games even, you know, even from 10 years ago, Mass Effect was a game that people played right away and then replayed and replayed and replayed and replayed. until Mass Effect 2 came out while they were playing other games and, you know, and 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 then replayed Mass Effect 2 and then, you know, Mass Effect 3. They played it once, got pissed off and then walked away. But, you know, uh, here we are with a game two weeks out. The there have been a, there have been myriad issues they have released a patch to address lots of those issues um and you know we'll see what happens after this patch comes in and people have a chance to consume it and see if those same pain points are are pain points going forward um but you know let's let's give the game a month before we decide that um you know because it is such a big game before we decide that oh you know they really they screwed the pooch and and uh, really missed an opportunity here. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, yeah. I, 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 I go back to what Miyamoto said years ago. A, a delayed right. game is eventually good. A rush game is forever bad. Right. Right. Dropping them right. joints. Look right. at the reef over here pulling out Nintendo. Course. Quote the Raven. Right. Quote <laughs> Negro more. Um, <laughs> Shot last story. Oh my God! Love is taking over. Oh God, I love you, Shante. Um, last story of the show. Uh, we're gonna end it out on a really cool note. Um, if you have been paying attention to the wonderful folks over at Able Gamers, shout out to Able Gamers. Mad love to you, Craig, and the rest of the crew over there. Um, they have been doing amazing work with um, folks with disabilities and making peripherals better and kind of advocating for folks to make all of the gaming spaces more welcoming to folks with uh, with disabilities and uh there's a really great story that popped up on on cnet about um this one player uh who's been playing street fighter with his face because he's uh disabled and i think he has a, a quadra quadriplegic or no he's not no, a quadriplegic it's, it's he, a arth- arthrogryposis yeah so he has so like he, muscle development right ah, and okay, he has okay apologies little, limited movement of of his arms and legs but he can't stand and walk. Yeah, Brawly Legs. Man, Brawly Legs, I've been watching him play for a very long time, actually. I've been watching him when he was rocking out on, I think it was, uh, wasn't Street, it was Street Fighter 3, Third, uh, third Strike he was rocking out on oh, wow. and, and busting people's asses, uh, coming to tournaments and kicking people's asses. I, I know that there's a little bit more to the story, so if you want to share that out, Reef, definitely do that. Yeah, um, yeah, so, like, uh, they basically talked about how, you know, like, he's 28 years old, you know, um, and he's gravitated toward, you know, fighting games because they're one of the games where you can remap all the buttons, you know, which is mainly made, obviously, for people with fighting sticks and all that kind of stuff. Um, So he can remap it to where he can, like, sort of rest his shin on the analog stick and be able to touch all the face buttons with his tongue, with, with like moving his like a, his like a head around, like all kind of cool like a movements. And if you're familiar with fighting games, you know, these games require like super precise movements at the exact right time, frame dependent stuff, you know. 
um, and the speed that he does this is and the reflexes like he actually you know in Ultra Street Fighter 4 was like the top ranked Chun-Li player online right and it's not like obviously online people don't know who he is so they're not going to be like oh I'm going to take it easy because this dude is like whatever like he was beating people asses you know what I'm saying so like it, it was it just a great story about how different people um, you know how they use video games to be able to you know, to like excel, even though they have, you know, what like other people might deem as like limitations, which would prevent them from like actually enjoying it, you know? Um, and like able gamers is like one of those groups that like really highlights, you, you know, um, players such as like brawly legs and just helps people. Um, because it does say that like, there's a stat that like actually says that according to a 2008 study, that one in five gamers is disabled, right? Mm-hmm. So that's tw- yep. so that's 20%, 20%. 20%. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and they um, also talk about um, another player called uh, Christy, Mo- Christy Moyer that, like, actually has cerebral palsy. Um, and they talk about, you know, how, how there's different, like, controllers that, like, they can use. Um, kind of like, like there's a whole industry of like custom controllers and like, uh, and like a custom ways to like, uh, remap things to make it so that people that have various disabilities can enjoy these, a game. So I thought it was just a great story about, you know, how like, you know, gaming, you know, it's a culture, it's an art, it's a business as well, obviously, but you know, what we really love to do is to get together and enjoy things with other people. Right. So this is really a great example of like how, you know, you know, we're not automatically excluding people that don't have the like uh, traditional, you know, um, um, able-bodied skills to be able to like uh, manipulate a dual analog stick controller. So like, I thought it was awesome and a great kind of like feel good story. Um, and I think that, you know, as like a civil, as like a disability rights and like things like that have been, in the news, I think that it's a great example of how our culture and like our industry, right, um, is like providing for people that are normally not talked about and normally left out of like conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. And the hope is that other groups and, and like other industries can do a similar thing to make sure that, you know, that like everybody can can enjoy stuff. So I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping to see more of this. It's great to see again folks like able gamers being the kind of vanguards in this space and trying to help people um get get in their gaming enjoyment and and be a part of the fold in ways that they weren't able to before um and do it in ways that they can feel like they are, you know, competent in the space and they are now besides just being competent in the space, being competitive in the space, right. which is amazing. Right. Right. which is super cool to see. Right. Um, so yeah, if you get the chance to see Brawley play in real life, uh, I have heard some wonderful stories about, you know, everyone being super excited about him being able to compete and to, to bust people's asses, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Which is super. Yeah. Cool. And if you go to the link in the show notes to the article, like they have like videos on the CNET article. So like right. I, you'll be able to see him actually play and see his like technique and how like, lightning fast he is just like you'd expect any 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 professional player um you know that that you know even even like amateur player that's like really good to like be only he's doing it with his face i mean it is amazing you know and and like he's playing against top 
talent. I mean, there's a photo of him playing with Daigo, right? Like uh, one of the, you know, greatest fighting game players maybe ever, you know? So, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, he's not he's not better than Lupe Fiasco though. Well, no, um, no one's better than Lupe. No one's better than Lupe <laughs> or, Fiasco. Or Snoop Dogg or Terry Crews in Battle. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Masters. Yes, right. Hey, yo, Lupe, right. can I get an interview with you real quick? Head <laughs> nod. Yeah. <laughs> what up, son? Uh, right, right, right. Um, so the I mean the great thing about this is how empowering this is for Brawley, right? It, you know, like he, here is here is he has an avenue um to actually equalize his his the his malady and and really be able to go out and uh perform at the same level as everyone else you know he's not going to be able to drive a car ever um he can't walk um but he can bust your ass with Chun-Li he's the number 1 Chun-Li player in the entire world. And, uh, you know, th- I mean, that that feels great. And and then, you know, his his ability to look at other people who say, oh, I can't do that. And he looks at himself like, look at me. If I can do it, you can do it. Yep. And I think I mean, that's that's incredibly empowering. And, I, you know, so shout out to Brawley. I want to plug um, Brawley Legs book. He wrote a book. It's called My Life Beyond the Floor. It's available on Kindle uh, and, and at Amazon in print as well for ten bucks, uh, and it it talks about his life, uh, and it talks about uh, his his disability as well as uh, him playing in fighting game tournaments and being able to travel all over the country uh, to play in these and what it means to him to be able to do that, and uh, I, you know I think that it's. When we we all need up, uplifting stories, we all need things that uh, will will kind of recharge those batteries. And my life, uh, my life beyond the floor is definitely something that will do that. So go out and uh, support a fellow gamer who's you know trying to do some great work and uh, you know is is beating the odds to beat people's asses. <laughs> Word. Perfect. Word. I, I feels like that's a, a movie that Michael Dudikoff was never <laughs> Right. <laughs> American Ninja, I got my girlfriend. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> but it's I, I again I wanna I wanna definitely and if again, Bricago, if you know other organizations that are doing other work like this, I know that there are, they're just not on the top tip of my tongue right now. Uh shout us out and let us know so we can, you know, uplift them as well uh through our social channels and all that other good stuff. So Word. We're about to get up out of here. See, hit everybody with the social media business. Social media business is as follows. Uh, go to the Twitters. Check us out there. Go to at Spawn on me. Find us there. Make sure you follow. We will follow you back. And if you want to follow us individually, check out the bio. That's where our information is. Um, you want to send us a message. Uh, let's keep the conversations going on Twitter. We can keep the conversations going on uh, on uh, the emails uh, at spawnermepodcast at gmail.com, which reminded me about uh, a great email that we received uh, last week that we didn't have a chance to read this week, but I promise we will read it next week. 
um, because it was really dope and made us feel good. I think it'll make Chicago feel good as well. Um, so uh, keep sending those emails. Keep those conversations going so we can shout you out, so we can talk about it uh, and, you know, ask us questions because we have all the answers. I've got the answers. They don't. Um, so you can you can get that information from us. Um, check out the show on our website, uh, spawnon.me. You can find this show, episode 158, and all 157 of our previous episodes uh, right there and find out what we're doing next. Uh, go make sure you check that stuff out. Um, check out the show while you're not on that page, while you're on your iPad or Android devices or around your TVs or whatever the hell else Kai said. Um, you can go use your favorite podcatcher, um, whether it be uh, Player FM or uh, Google Play or NPR One or iTunes, if it's a place or Overcast. Um, if it's a place where you can subscribe, obviously subscribe. Uh, if it's a place where you can rate and review, please do so. Tell your friends. Um, rating and reviewing really, 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 really helps us out. Helps us get onto the front pages of things like we did on Overcast uh, this week for Games and Hobbies, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, help us out. Make Bricago bigger. Make Bricago great again. Sorry, I no. said that. I said it. It's too no, late. I can't take it, it back. Erase yourself. No. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. I'm sorry. It's been done. Um, yeah, uh, that is everything <laughs> and, <laughs> and nothing at, at the same all. time. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Bricago, for rocking with us this week and every week, especially for... 158 you just broke me just broke me <laughs> play good stuff yes. have fun out there let us know what you're playing let us right. know what you've been messing around with let us know some of the stuff that you've been enjoying and not enjoying and talk about that stuff on the twitters yo so, oh oh before we go um yes. so gogo 13 is available uh for blu-ray on amazon for 20 bucks so if there's a bootleg out here <laughs> <laughs> yo holla at your boy because i'm not paying 20 dollars for that joint and it's it's damn near thirty five years old. The movie came out in nineteen eighty three, but uh, yeah, it's it's twenty bucks for Blu ray and nineteen bucks on DVD. Not catching me like that, son. I don't oh live. God. I don't live that life. Okay. All right, we're getting up out of here. We say peace. Peace. Peace.